Welcome back for another episode of the KX Emerging Research Podcast. We're focusing on research that's happening right now. It's science so fresh, you haven't even heard about it yet. I'm Stacey Cochran. And I'm Kim Winslow from the Knowledge Exchange. We're continuing our discussion with turfgrass experts Ed Nangle and Don Petrella from Ohio State ATI and the Department of Horticulture and Crop Science in the College of Food, Agricultural, and Environmental Sciences. So I know we want to dive right into the next project, but I feel like we must mention something super important. The turfgrass program at Ohio State is, wait for it, top three in the world. That's mighty impressive. It is, Kim. We're lucky that we have a couple of individuals who have had a long-term sustaining impact for the program. One of those uh, individuals in particular is Mr. Mike O'Keefe. Mike has changed the lives of a huge amount of people, um, both in the turfgrass industry, greenhouse industry, uh, vegetable production industry. It's amazing uh, how many people he's impacted. But Mike's name and, and, and how he carries the Ohio State program around the world Specifically in turf means that we've had examples where students who had gone through the program were working on golf courses wherever. This one actual event occurred in London. Jack Jack Nicholas was coming in to design the course and he said, I see the Ohio State logo. I'm going to sit with that guy while we drive around the course. No way. That's That's awesome. (laughs) That has happened. I love it. It's very exciting. Well, and because of your fame, uh, industry professionals come to you with questions for sure because you're experts. Uh, with things they're seeing in the turf, looking for help, for example, golf course turf managers. Nice, nice segue there, Stacy. Uh, so in the current project with you guys, we're looking at USGA putting greens, if I remember correctly, and you're looking at the impact of nitrogen fertilizer rates and organic matter accumulation over time. Now, we understand nitrogen from our last podcast. For those who weren't listening, go check it out. But why would we look at organic matter? So this project is tied to a project that's actually starting to wrap up in Ireland, uh, where the PhD student has been looking at some creeping bentgrass cultivars, and, and that species of grass will be used heavily on putting greens across the world, not just uh, here in the United States. Uh, I'm involved in that with Dr. David Gardner in that project. And what he noticed was that the, the cultivar that he had was compared to the other species and cultivars was producing a lot of clipping material and also a lot more organic matter. Um, what we're kind of concerned about is that a lot of golf courses in the last five to seven years have undergone renovations with the golf boom. And some of the cultivars that they've taken on board are, are brand new cultivars. There's been a lot of new creeping bent grass cultivars released and we really don't have nitrogen recommendations for them. And the reason that nitrogen and organic matter is tied together is the idea that if we push growth of the plant through nitrogen applications, generally you're going to see greater amounts of organic matter accumulated. Now, in the golf world, not so much the home loan world, uh, Organic matter accumulations can lead to issues with water movement, whether it's down through the soil profile, uh, increased issues with disease incidents, uh, and also playability issues as far as spongy surfaces that may lead to scalping. And so for the golfers, that's something they visualize, they will not be happy about. And if you run into these problems, you're going to see superintendents who are struggling to maintain their jobs and quality of life. 
So it's not that these new cultivars are a problem. It's just we need to associate potential uh, nitrogen rates with them and then let superintendents work off those numbers where instead of traditionally thinking like we teach our students that it may be two and a half to three, four pounds of nitrogen per year. It may be that they start at a half pound of nitrogen per thousand per year and then work upwards. So with that, we've got uh, 12 cultivars on our new research screen up in Worcester, and we will be embarking on that project uh, completely this spring. So it sounds like because these are newer cultivars, you're really trying to get an understanding of management overall, and you're focusing specifically in on nitrogen and organic matter. Is that right? That is in large part uh, the focus of this trial, but the golf course world and golf course management is a very nuanced place. Uh, so nitrogen is one part of it. Fungicides, herbicides, insecticides all play a role in there. Uh, plant growth regulators, the environment as far as shade versus light, that, that all comes into play as well. So this is one small part of it. And, and because of the impact of organic matter on a lot of those other issues is one of those things that if superintendents can get a handle on that, it helps them to get a good step forward into the rest of the other problems. So you said it's creeping bent grass is what you're working on? Creeping bent, bent grass. Bent yep. grass. Okay. Creeping bent yep. grass. So is that a, you said that's a cultivar that's found any like everywhere or specifically? It's, it's a species of grass that's used specifically on, well, on golf courses. Okay. Uh, if it's found in home lawns, it's considered to be a pest. Okay. Uh, if it's found in forested areas, it can be actually quite invasive. Um, but on golf courses at that height of cut of one-tenth of an inch up to uh, maybe three-quarters of an inch, so your fairways, things like that, it's a, a very uh, adaptable playing surface. And a lot of golf courses do try to get, you know, putting greens that are dominant with uh, creeping bent grass surfaces, particularly in the northern part of the United States, uh, uh, British Irish Isles, um, down into Australia, places like that, down in extreme heat, right. maybe not as well adapted, but generally areas that would be temperate to uh, Mediterranean climates going to be a preferred green surface. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, I mean, there's, you know, golf courses all over the world with all different conditions. Uh, so it would be challenging, I can imagine, for those turf grass um, managers to be dealing with all of those environmental conditions. So um, that's yeah. correct. Okay, so it does. You know, you mentioned that your PhD student is working on this project. Tell us a little bit more about. I think you mentioned in another our other discussion about students that work with you on projects and how they get some great hands-on training for future careers. So we have undergraduates that work with us up here at Worcester. Most of those undergraduates are going to go work in the golf course world, um, but we get them involved in research as much as we can. Uh, one of the big reasons is because we need help, but also because if they see how research is done, uh, I personally believe they'll be more apt to believe research results. So they're going to go to conferences every year to re-up their, their chemical application licenses. They're going to see results of research that help maybe improve how they manage their turf. If they have seen the research done, they will believe the results. Nice. 
So they understand the process and how, yeah. Exactly. That's why I'm really big in promoting our undergraduates being involved in research. If they're just out there helping us install the trial, maintain the plots, not even collect data, they're able to see, you know, where everything comes from. Sure. Well, and I would think too, it gives them the skill set to better identify spaces where they can answer questions that maybe they run into when they're in the real world. They know who to go to, where to go, what types of sources, etc. It makes them more comfortable with the whole world of how we answer questions. Sure. That's exciting. We love research here. So we're pretty excited that you're getting students involved too. I think the other component to it is that it allows them to also ask the right questions when they become decision makers for purchasing, right? That that ultimately is something that they need to be able to do. And if they see data provided to them, they can ask the correct questions. Is, was there a control plot? Uh, did you have an industry standard in here? How did you set this trial up? Was it replicated? Or you just threw this on a bench and, and look for a miracle? <laughs> How did this happen? Is that one research method? I, I don't think I've heard of that one before. <laughs> oh, sometimes it looks like there's been some of that going on. Yes. The, oh no, we have to do something right. here. Get some data. <laughs> No, that's fantastic. It's always really fun to hear about what's going on that is applicable throughout the world. I mean, this this work that you're looking at now is not only important for our golf courses here, our turf grass managers here, but to know that this information is being spread worldwide is fascinating. So thank you, guys. Yeah, I think the other part to that is that, you know, Dr. Carl Danneberger and, and Pam Schrad have their certificate programs. And that's another part that OSU's global outreach uh, impacts. And, and those programs are taken by people from all around the world. And they are actually in the process of converting one of those certificates into a, a Spanish uh, certificate as well. So continuing to try and increase that outreach. That's great. Yeah. Increased accessibility. That's awesome. World domination. That's what I heard too. That's what I yeah. heard. <laughs> Taking it over. That's right. One turf grass at a time. They seem so quiet, but then. <laughs> I know. So unassuming, you That's two. Right. And really, you, you, you haven't seen me in action. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm trying hard not to say the wrong thing. <laughs> so, yeah. You guys, no wrong things here. Well, like I said, thank you guys so much. This is really exciting to learn about now while you are just in the beginning and really getting your feet wet with this question. And it's also exciting to see the student input to understand what they're getting out of the situation and why you guys are third in the world in terms of your program. So that's exciting. Top three, Kim. Top three. It could change. I know. We should we should be number one. The so that's gonna be the next time we talk that's to you, right. right? <laughs> Thank you so much. Join us for the final episode in our Turfgrass series, where we'll talk about a new method to test shade tolerance in turfgrass. And thanks for joining us for KX Emerging Research. Want to explore more fresh research from the College of Food, Agricultural, and Environmental Sciences? Visit kx.osu.edu. 